0: This is This Week in Common Sense starring Paul Jacob. My name is Timothy Verkula and this episode is for the first full week of 2021. Once again, you wrote five pieces in one week, but we're going to talk about one especially, but the first one was Distill This on Monday.
1: Yes, and I think the key line there is, so everybody is happy now. The way you're happy when the sledgehammer swinging down doesn't bash you in the head, after all. <laughs> and this is distill this. It was Monday's commentary, and it was about the alcohol makers. You know, people who make bourbon and scotch and all kinds of things that I don't drink, but but I hear are wonderful and good for you. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but anyway, they when we had this pandemic. And a crisis, they went into action and they they got hand sanitizer. You know, we had problems finding it. Everybody rushed to the store and bought copious amounts and other people couldn't find any and their hands were dripping in COVID and somebody came to the rescue. And what did our government do for them? Maybe a plaque, a prize, a medal, <laughs> a cash, you know, just ship shipped cash to their their bank account no they got a tax bill because doing the hand sanitizer made them a different sort of industry company they owed fourteen thousand dollars so uh that seemed to be the just worst signal you could send, that the type of signal that says we live in an absurd world where the government is actively trying to wreck everything, even when people are, are you know, doing everything they can to help. Well, they decided not to charge them the tax, they, they okay, we're going to let it go. But it just seems to me we ought to remember that.
0: The generosity of government. We're not going to tax you like we could have and really should have.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, and I've, I've had uh, friends when I posted it, uh, and and people, some argue, Oh, we need that tax money. So they, you know, they got it so we can take it from them. But, you know, I think a lot of us have, have envisioned a world where there's just certain common sense. That's kind of why we chose the name that and, and my buddy Tom Payne. And, uh, and, and so this just doesn't make any, not any, it's like negative common sense. We did a second, another piece, a second piece. We do a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth. That's the way Monday through Friday works. But, uh, uh, and, and, uh, I, I should mention to people, I think I have COVID now. I have a relative who has COVID, my daughter's, not just a relative, I I wasn't sure I wanted to say that, but, uh. And, and, you know, we're doing okay. It's not serious yet. Trying to take care of ourselves. Uh, But, but, you know, if I I cough, if an ambulance comes and drags me away, I just wanted you to know why. Anyway, I'm trying to be light. Tuesday's piece was finally fed up. And, of course, it gets to what we're finally going to talk about here today. But it's, uh, it's about Mayor Ted Wheeler, America's mayor in Portland, Oregon. And, uh, and Ted Wheeler has decided enough is enough. Except he didn't really say it that way. You should, you should see, this is the mayor who went out and spoke to the, the rioters and the folks. In fact, you know he, they, they got in scuffles with the security and he's up there saying how wonderful they, uh, they are and how evil Donald Trump is and, and so on. This mayor has now decided that there's too much rioting and vandalism and looting and destruction, but you should go to thisiscommonsense.org and finally fed up—it was uh, Tuesday's piece—and find out why he's, uh, he's finally fed up with uh, rioting and destruction and, and law-breaking. Wednesday's piece was Bully for Your Thoughts. And uh, this is Professor William Jacobson, Cornell Law. He's written some things critical of Black Lives Matter. And there is an effort to try to, they've they've been trying to stop people from going to his classes. That hasn't been successful because some people want to hear what he has to say. And they've also are now trying to get him fired. Uh, But he pretty much... uh, it's called Bully for Your Thoughts and, uh, and Bully for William Jacobson. He said, uh, uh, try, to, try to fire me. You don't have any cause. I'll take you to court. Uh, it's America. You can always take people to court. Um, Friday's piece, we skipped over Thursday's, which was a response to Wednesday this week, which was kind of a big day. But Friday's piece was slow on subjugation. One of the things I do is go through a little of the history of China in Hong Kong, because this week they arrested 53 democracy activists, people who ran for office or helped them run for office, uh, attempting to run for office. And they were arrested under the national security law. And of course, there was a professor at Notre Dame who was shocked, shocked, and said that this sort of crackdown. Seems to imply that that the Nazis want to subjugate all of Hong Kong. Well, that's exactly what they want to do. But I I I, uh, I endorse this piece of mine. Please go there. Slow on subjugation. Uh, there's links to more. And uh, if you're interested in what's happening with China, what's happened in, in Hong Kong, what's what the threat they're making against Taiwan. Uh, you know, uh, there's a search engine and uh, and search CCP or China or China Nazis or Taiwan or Hong Kong, and you're going to find a lot of information and links to more information because any common sense script is going to have links to more information. I'm not you know, this isn't the Bible. I'm not laying down the law. I'm commenting on what's happening in our world with the goal being that you will take that. Educate yourself, as I've tried to do. And look, I know I'm working. You know, this isn't the main thing I do. I'm a working stiff too, trying to do political stuff. So of course, what I'm learning, I'm I'm constantly thinking. Oh no, I need to do more. I need to do more. It it's a grind. Uh, but I'm trying to make it as easy as I can for you. And in fact, if you see ways that I can make it easier for you, you can leave a message at uh, YouTube. You can uh, you can at our website. You can always leave a comment. Uh, but but I take friendly advice and uh, friendly criticism. In fact, I even take it if it's not that friendly. Uh, it's good for us.
0: Now that we're ready to go in on Thursday's piece, right, we're just, just panning for it, I, I wanted to mention that on January 4th, I posted something on Facebook that I thought at the time was just one of the things I say on Facebook, which are mild provocations. And, and I wrote, the only sure way to get Democratic politicians to stop rioting is for non-Democrats to riot. Wow. So that's what I wrote on January 4th.
1: So, so in, in a sense, you incited what happened at the Capitol.
0: It's not Trump. It's me. I, mean,
1: I don't have your address <laughs> at out of the top of my head, but I mean, it's <laughs> surely the SWAT team will be there to, to get you. <clears throat> we, we, type, tape this usually on Friday. We always uh, dream about taping it on Friday afternoon. Uh, but it's usually Friday night. Um, And, uh, I was, I watched Tucker Carlson and, uh, you know, my wife can't stand, just doesn't like his tone and other stuff. Can't stand him. I have other friends who can't stand him. Um, and I, you know, there was early in his career, he had a a dust up where he, I thought was kind of a complete uh, jerk, uh, to Grover Norquist, who I think is a, is a patriot and a scholar. Um, and so I never have liked him really as a, in a personal way, not that I knew him or had any big grievance or really cared one way or the other, but, uh, my, my sense of him was kind of negative, but I keep telling people, I mean, I want to hear from Glenn Greenwald. I think he's one of the most interesting and effective and helpful to me journalists in the whole world. And I don't know where he's ever on except democracy now. I'm going to forget the woman's name. I was just trying to pull it up in my old uh, computer up here. Uh, I can't think of her name, but Democracy Now!, which is on PBS stations, very left-wing show, will have Glenn Greenwald on sometimes. I don't know about recently, because, you know, he did say a few things critical about Biden, and I don't know if that's allowed. But um, we did the script, of course, about uh, – you may remember – what was that title? Because I think you came up with the title, but it was the – uh, editor's conceit was that what it was. It would, but it's basically his editors at the at the uh, Intercept saying we're not going to publish, we're going to censor, we're not going to publish your piece unless you take out the negative stuff about Joe Biden. And so he quit the newspaper or the publication, the online uh, uh, media source that he had started. Uh, but anyway, I was watching Tucker Carlson and he had on Glenn Greenwald. Uh, and, you know, we need some media outlet somewhere that would allow some voices that, that otherwise don't get heard, uh, a very anti-war voice, a very anti-national security state voice. And let's all remember, as, as all the, these final days of, of trying to uh, hammer out uh, a legacy for Donald Trump, uh, you know, one way or another. Uh, that Donald Trump's most popular moment with the left-wing media, media that I would say is far to the left of the Democratic Party, but the left-wing media, the best day that Donald Trump had was when he bombed Syria, bombing Syria, and and you know there was a there was a chemical attack. It it now pretty much looks like that wasn't the government's chemical attack that that was that we got punked and uh and it was feckless it was bombing something that could be repaired in 2 seconds i mean it was silly theater and the msnbc and cnn just lapped it up and uh vance jones is that is that the right name uh the the uh Van Jones. Um, Van Jones. Yeah, not Vance. Van Jones, um, who often says stuff that I, I kind of like. I, I find him to be an interesting uh, person to be discussing things on on television. You know, was was always kind of hit because as a young man he was a communist, kind of accepted the the c word, um, but he he made the comment that Donald Trump like became our president today. And it was just, oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, Glenn Greenwald was talking about the danger, just like after 9-11, of all this hysteria and hype. And instead of thoughtful concern, where adult citizens throughout the country discuss and think about what are we going to do and how do we make sure that certain things don't happen again? Without, of course, killing the golden goose of freedom in America and free speech. I mean, I still, we like it here. Um, and and so that's a, a very valuable thing. And I think we're going to be talking a lot more about free speech because we're going to be told again and again and again that the cause of this violence was what people said and oftentimes what they said when they didn't say anything about violence. And I think that that's a big problem. Now, I was disappointed uh, with Trump's speech at the Ellipse, at the rally. And then the folks marched to the Capitol. I think it was irresponsible. You know, he's he's often been sophomoric, a cad, a complete narcissist, you know, clueless in all kinds of ways. But I don't think there's uh, several people have said he should be arrested or impeached. And I think that I think it's a huge mistake, because I think the last thing you want to do now, sometimes when someone does something that's wrong, you just let it just sit there. Um, And I think the way he talked was not the right way to talk. But I think if you if you were a citizen who said the same thing, if I said that at a rally, and then some people marched to the Capitol and smashed in, I would not be thinking I did anything to suggest that. One of the things he said was to, to be strong, don't be weak, and so on and so on. That's um, yeah, not the sort of rhetoric I'm using uh, if I'm talking to someone, but, but that is not the same thing as go smash into the Capitol. And and one of the things that the media has done all along during this post-election period, which I think is Donald Trump's worst period, bar none, I think he has behaved worse since the election than his entire presidency. Um, Just because it is so important, I think. George Washington stepping down after two terms is probably the best thing that anyone ever did for freedom in America. It, it, it's the most powerful thing that he didn't have to be dragged out of that place. And, and uh, you know, people have talked all along like idiots about, you know, the military will have to come in to drag Trump out or, or he's going to try to use the military as one. And I've had absolutely zero worry about the military getting involved in any of that crap. Um, and not so much because of my faith in Donald Trump, mind you, but in my faith in the American military as, as adult people, um, you know, we're not asking for superhuman statesmanship here, just, just a little adulthood. Um, but, uh, this, this attack on the Capitol, I, I wanted to write something about it and, I think we're still learning all kinds of things, uh, but I, I, I thought it was important, especially after this summer and all the, you know, the, the rioting and destruction um, and, you know, I think that Trump folks have all kinds of cause to be upset. I think that I think the media. If the media believes that to engage in politics, you ought to have to do all the campaign finance reform stuff and go through all the regulation that my organizations do, that other organizations do, they probably should because they have so much more power and they have used it in such a partisan and vicious and nasty way from second one. And this is after falling in love with Donald Trump, falling in love with him and covering him to what some people said was billions of dollars of positive, warm, loving coverage while he's running for the Republican nomination. And then he is an abomination and the most horrible person who's ever lived. And and all kinds of things may or may not be true about Donald Trump. But we have seen the American media, and the American media is not a referee. The American media, with the exception of Fox News and one American network, I don't know how many people get it. I don't get it here. I've been on it before, but I don't get it here. I know in, in my, my uh, childhood home state of Arkansas,
0: uh, it's there. You mean it's on, it's on the airwaves there? It's on cable there? It, it is,
1: on cable. If if you're on cable, you can get it. So you've got Fox and One America Network, and then you've got ABC, CBS, NBC, which is everywhere, MSNBC, which is pretty much everywhere Fox is, CNN. Um, And you've got the New York Times and you've got the Washington Post. And all of those were adamantly anti-Trump. Now, on talk radio, going to be much more pro-Trump, not not 100 percent by any stretch. But much more pro-Trump. But uh, so there's a lot to say. The one the one thing I said first was everybody who committed a crime, we need to prosecute. And I'm I, and that needs to be the rule. We prosecute people when they commit crimes. And I'm not talking about, oh, someone spray painted the statue and. You know, we're going to put them in jail for 10 years. You know, in in Hong Kong, if you say down with China, you know, you could get a life prison term. That's that's not smart. And that's not the type of world I want to live in. And so spray painting that uh, Capitol building or smashing through something. That's a serious crime. That's not just spray painting a statue somewhere. But uh, I don't know. Should those people be in, in jail for 30 days? Should it be 60 days? Should it be no jail, but they pay a big fine? I mean, we should be debating this. But here's the thing we can't do. We can't say, eh, we're just going to drop it.
0: But uh, do you think that they should get more than the people who torn down all those statues without permission all year uh, long? No. No.
1: No, not necessarily. You would have to look at, the, at each individual case because that, that's the sort of justice we have. We're a jury and a judge and we have to look at each individual case, but no, because the moment you say that, what you're saying are political crimes on this side of the ledger are really not so bad. It's okay if we terrorize, if we intimidate, if we smash, if we burn, if we loot. But it's not okay if you smash, if you loot, if you break in, if you stop the functioning of democracy, and that's been a big thing. Oh, this was an attack on the sacred institution. Well, let me tell you <laughs> something. I'm, I'm, you know, you're better than I at definitions. But sacred in, involves something of a higher order, and the United States Congress is not sacred. Let me assure you of that. Um, but it is a serious thing to attack that. It's also a serious thing to attack someone's store and to burn it to the ground, something they've just, they've lived and, and sweat and blood they've put into that store. So I don't think we should have, you know, th- there's this sense that, well, this is everybody's. You know, I, I, I think that that's very, the difference between smashing somebody's store and smashing the capital is not that big. It's smashing that is the problem. And we have to start saying anybody who smashes, anybody who burns and loots and intimidates and punches people in the face, um, they're going to have something coming. And I'll tell you what, as much as I think there should have been a lot more arrests this summer in, in these riots. Not at the protests. And, and we try to be careful. Sometimes, you know, people can slip, but at this is commonsense.org. We try to be careful in calling protesters protesters and calling insurgents or rioters or thugs something else. Uh, and of course, Thursday's piece was called Mostly Peaceful Protest with a question mark and and noting with links to some of the some of the great things where they talked about the peaceful protest with burning behind the 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 one thing that we should not lose sight of is the people who protested at black lives matter protests have a very legitimate grievance and care about things now I look at their solutions and think, wow, I kind of see where you want to go. And I can't imagine a worse direction to travel to get to a more terrible place, because I think it's almost a a cultural revolution type attitude where the government's going to decide everybody's exact worth from some sort of of uh, historical, biological DNA uh, makeup and uh, of race and privilege and wealth, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a mess. But the criminal justice in this, in this country, and, w- and what we've said all along, because we've done a, a lot of stuff on this, conservatives are for criminal justice reform. Liberals are for criminal justice reform. Moderates are for criminal justice reform. And the truth is, I think any of them pushed in the light of day to talk about whether there should be any police at all are going to say, yes, there should be. And I think they're going to recognize that, yes, when someone is smashing something or spray painting it or burning it down, that that's not okay and that that person needs to be arrested. So I was very disappointed that more people were arrested this summer. And I'm glad that they are arresting the people who broke into the Capitol. but there's been a lot like biden one of the first things that i hear him say is he somehow his anger seems to be that that these white folks mostly white folks because there were a lot of non-white people in that crowd and by a lot i mean maybe five ten fifteen percent i don't know i didn't you know i'm usually not searching with that lens but um but he wants to make a big deal because the police were tougher and rougher. And, you know, one woman was shot dead. Should she have been shot more times? Should more people have been shot? And I I think here she is smashing windows and trying to crawl through was the argument. I saw the tape. I think it's very difficult to really tell whether she was actually trying to crawl through or just reaching through or whatever. You know, your your mom and dad would tell you, don't be in places like that doing stuff like that because bad things can happen. But I still think calmly, after the fact, we have to look at whether that was the right response, whether that policeman shooting his gun and killing her was the right response. Now. You're also hearing that there are five deaths. There is a policeman who was in some sort of altercation. It's, uh, it's reported that he was hit by a, uh, one of those big uh, uh, fire extinguishers. And you can, I mean, it's a big metal thing. You can get your head knocked off with that. And apparently that's what happened. It, not a lot of details, but it's the kind of thing where he went back to the office I think went home, or maybe went to the hospital. Maybe went home and then to the hospital. He died in the night uh, from the injury. So it didn't happen as part of combat exactly, but it did. And uh, it's a it's a it's a homicide. Someone's guilty of murder. So uh, this is a serious thing. Now there were also three other people who had medical emergencies outside the capital, and. Maybe they got agitated, had a heart attack. We don't know. There's there's just no details. I just think it's silly journalism to be talking about five dead. It just, you know, I mean, had I like tripped and hit my head as I was going to the metro near there, would that have been six? I mean, it just it just seems silly. And I say that, not so much, because I mean, it's a big deal. Uh, it's, it's not going to be everything. But... We you understand media is gonna hype stuff. It is important that there be some limits to that, I think. And and I do worry, I think Glenn Greenwald is right on target, that we are likely to see a lot of restrictions. Here's here's something else. Uh Twitter shutting down the President of the United States' uh account. And you know, I I they're a private company, they have the right to do it. Now I think they ought to be dealt with the same way as all other private companies that are doing the same sorts of things. Uh, and, and I do think that, that we've got to change the, the, the law there that, that allows them to pretend that they're a platform. Because, of course, now both Google and, uh, and, and uh, Apple are threatening Parler. I just signed up for Parler tonight when I found that out uh i have a me we page i haven't really done that much there a little bit uh but i just signed up for parlor knowing that i may not be able to get to it through my uh iphone otherwise and i would suggest everybody out there just in case you might want to go download parlor's app for your phone because if you have an iphone uh in a matter of minutes hours days you may not be able to do so
0: though i think that if Apple wants to get rid of it, it'll just automatically delete off your phone.
1: Well, they might do that too, but make them. Make Apple start deleting your apps. Uh, I, don't, I don't think my next phone is going to be an iPhone. Um, and, and I have all kinds of issues with Apple, but, but that's this is a big one. Um, one, of the, one of the main things that caused me... Uh, To get a second iPhone, because, as you know, Tim, I I bitch and moan about uh, electronics and technology and the Internet and computers all the time. Uh, I'm old. But um, but one of the reasons I re-upped with Apple was that they refused to give the FBI the ability to get a backdoor into their system. In other words, they said our customers privacy is worth enough that we're not going to just hand the government. And some people would think, well, if, what if there's a terror attack, there's this, there's that, like like this is called terrorism, what happened at the Capitol? What if there is? I don't want the government to have that, and if they have it, they don't need a terrorist attack. As we already know, the courts have already told us that they got the ability, not the right, not the legal authorization, but the ability to grab up all of our bank records, all of our telephone calls, all of our social media, the government got the ability, the technical ability to do that. They had no legal right to do it. That's what the judge said, and they did it. And they lied about it, bald faced to Congress.
0: Clapper did.
1: Clapper did, well Clapper was the head. When people say there's no deep state, How could—what I have just said is true, and there's no other evidence needed.
0: It also didn't really incense the, uh, you know, our guardians of public morality, that is the major media. They weren't very interested in the subject either. They never seemed to really take to it. Think about had that happened during Trump's
1: term. It would have been wall-to-wall coverage. They would have been demanding impeachment. They would have demanded impeachment as well they should, as well they should. And and as president, you, your defense might be, I didn't know the deep state was running the country instead of me. I'm really sorry. I'm on your side. But I suspect that maybe Obama did know. But that's th- these are serious crimes. Well, think of how serious it was that George W. Bush like I, I think during recent times, I've had so many friends talk about uh It just seems so weird. Things you never thought would happen are happening, you know, kind of like I'm I'm starting to flip out about how crazy this world is becoming. Well, think all the way back to what was it, 2003, Uh, when George W. Bush, his Justice Department, arrested Jose Padilla and held him without charge how many months I, I forget. I don't know if it was. It was more than six. I think eight, ten before they ever charged him. That that is that is spitting in the face of everything. Not only that, America stands for. That's like going back to the Magna Carta and going, "No, you got it wrong. The king should have more power." I mean, that is insane. It's against all of the Western idea of people having rights. Oh, it's, and, and it was a story, <laughs> you know, on on when he was arrested, it was a story on page one. And, and what happened, you know, finally to force the government to charge him or release him, you know, was a story on page a 16, a couple of times during the year. Uh, so, we we have I think an ongoing uh, problem here, where there is going to be more speech controls. There is going to be more investigations of political people. Uh, there is going mean, to you know all of it is let's demand more and more and more control and less free discussion and. I think we've got to really. We, we are in. I think for a hell of a battle. Uh, I was kind of hoping to, you know, just kind of ride off in the sunset in my golden years.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, but go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was I was actually going to ask you, what's your, you know. Now that we're a couple days removed, what are your what are your thoughts on on uh, where this is likely to go and and uh, and what's what's happening?
0: Well, I think that the big thing about the deep state is, and what people tend to forget is, it's not just the state. The deep state is at its core the military industrial complex, and that includes some of the biggest corporations in the world. They're international and they're huge and they have the power, Congress gave them the power to uh, make top-secret things and not share information that they have with people in government. So we have, they don't have much oversight. Corporations are a huge part of the deep state, and I think that the media is just the, the most obvious element of that. But Apple, yeah. Google, Amazon, uh, these corporations... Uh, They may get a lot of money selling us stuff that we like, but they also have contracts with the government. And nevertheless, they treat themselves as if they're a private company. Well, as I understand it, and maybe I'm wrong on this, is that if you're a major manufacturer of guns and munitions and uh, special uh, weaponry, and you make contracts with the U.S. government, you're not allowed to sell them. Just to anybody you want, or have any policies you want, right. you're under the laws of the. They're under the supervision of the U.S. government. Well, these major corporations are behaving not under the control, or by the playing by the rules of the First Amendment, for instance, because they're private, you see, uh-huh. but they aren't private because they're 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 contractors of the U.S. government, and Trump spent four years doing nothing about this problem. He just tweeted, and I think that. My Trump friends, my Trumpian friends, are going to have to come to the realization that Trump betrayed them, that he just sat around blathering and tweeting, and he didn't do what he should have. And that means that the deep state is going to be in deep control now with COVID that we have the chance for a complete totalitarian control of us because people now fear us because, you know, we might, might breathe something on them. And so we are going to have could very well have a totalitarian system that's corporate and government together but not controlled by any of the laws that you thought government is controlled by. That's what right. I think
1: well that's a nice thought no <laughs> i, I, I uh, uh, and and when you say totalitarian uh, uh, our script on Friday uh, I kind of debated what percentage totalitarian to say china was.
0: yeah started four fifths or something like that
1: four fifths and I went to ninety nine percent but it's it's interesting because i've talked about the United States of America as the freest totalitarian country in in history like one thing that I would think is totalitarian i i'm not sure I like the way the uh, uh and i may have, I have covid So maybe i won't need the vaccine uh but but the the way the vaccine was developed i'm not sure that i'm a OK with taking it. It, It's kind of a new thing, and I'm just thinking, what's the danger to me by COVID? What's the danger by the the thing? So, uh, you know, the the judge has not decided that yet. But if our government decides everybody must take it, that to me is a totalitarian government. Um, There's nothing in the Constitution that suggests they have the right to stick needles in you when you haven't committed any crime. And so much of what's happened this whole year, it would be wrong if the legislature had gotten together and voted for it. But they didn't. You know, we we had the script about Whitmer in Michigan where the court said, you don't have any power to do what you're doing. And then, of course, later the attorney general said they're going to keep doing it anyway. Uh, That's when they started the recall there. But um, but let me say about Trump, I don't I don't like the word betray. And it may be that he betrayed them. Well, but it may be that he's just not sophisticated enough in in a sense. I think um, a lot of what people didn't like about Trump is that he's a big talking you know he he's he hasn't uh, like when hillary clinton said in the debate some of us prepare for these things trump's the kind of guy who doesn't prepare he's winging it he's you know um and so i don't think he had the operation with i mean think of how tough it is to run a government this is not an easy task this is not like running walmart it's tougher um and and so this is I just think he didn't see it. Uh, so many people I saw on Facebook and in, in uh, uh, recently have said declassify everything, uh, and I think that says a lot. We want to know. I mean, it, it, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963, and there's still stuff classified on that. We can't know the truth of what happened. Um, there's and and you know the whole we've talked about UFOs somewhere. They just you know they finally have come out now and said, "Yeah, we we're seeing all these things and we have no real explanation." But for years they lied about it,
0: and they're almost certainly still lying about it. They're almost certainly not telling us what they know. Right. We know that. Right. Uh, they've right. studied it for a long time and they've just kept things uh, classified. What to what degree the, the president is told about this, we don't know exactly. Though it looks like Barack Obama knows is quite a bit.
1: Well, he 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 made that quip. Uh, but I don't know if that, I mean, that could be equipped to cover and make it look like he knows certain things that
0: he doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um,
1: But again, and you talked about it earlier with the secrecy on different things. When you, when it's secret, you don't know. And so look at the FISA abuse. Is anyone shocked that there was FISA abuse? It's a, it's a, it's a process no one's looking at. They can't look at it. So it's, we have got to avoid that. And look, I know there has to be some, you know, you can't like be constantly putting out things going, our patrol, our, our shoreline, you know, military patrol is right here, right now. I mean, because you don't want to tell the enemy. There's certain secrets that have to be kept. We cannot have secret courts, not in the way we've had them. Maybe you could have more secrecy than you would in a, a normal court court we got to find ways to do this. If, if Americans think that we can have a government of experts who tells us how to do everything and knows everything and when we can open our businesses and when we can't and has secret courts and all kinds of uh, stuff that we know is going on they won't tell us about and be free? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so.
0: Well, that sounds like a, an end of a podcast. I think it is. Well you get it's, better. I, See if you can get uh, better though. It took me weeks to get over what I had last year, so
1: Well, the the thing that makes me a little upset is that I'm usually pretty good when I get sick to just sleep. And uh I I like to sleep. I don't get to do it nearly enough, and I'm pretty good at it. Um but I've just been so busy, I haven't been able to. And um and so let's hope that over the weekend I can do some of that,
0: and I should mention as a point of clarification. You brought up a piece written on October thirtieth, two thousand twenty. Uh, it's the title I chose had nothing to do with the title you, gave, you were talking about. It's <laughs> called "It Was Called the Itch to Edit," is is the piece's title. Yes. Okay, so and I'll put that image on the screen for the video viewers.
1: Great, great. All right. Well. Good night, America, and uh, boy, we got our work cut out for us, and uh, don't smash anything. Okay. Build up. Let's build up. Let's build up. You know, maybe what we ought to do is build up a political army of peaceful people who are putting laws on the ballot in cities and towns and states to make criminal justice reform happen, to... Hold government officials accountable to open up the economic system, you know, maybe get rid of some of the uh, the licensing laws that block people from competing in the marketplace. There's got to be all kinds of things that we could do that might send a signal that, wait a second, the public is uh, active and doing things because I'm convinced. I mean, I. I I have, you know, we never say goodbye. It's going to be another six hours. No, uh, I was scared of Donald Trump, but I liked a number of things he did, especially waking up to China, because I think they're the biggest threat in the world. Uh, I'm really against totalitarianism and and concentration camps and stuff. And and uh, but and the reason so many people liked him was because he was the bull in the China shop. He was the guy who would fight and uh, Washington and not be cowed by the, the press and others and, you know, start being mealy mouthed, you know, and, and, uh, and he was that, but it's tough for one guy. If, if, if the way we're going to keep our American Republic, which has been pretty free, not, not an oasis of utopian freedom, let's all face it, but pretty darn free in a, in a history of mankind that's had very little of pretty free. If we're going to keep it, it's not going to be because one politician sets everything right. They're not, they, they can get one guy. We really do have to organize, and we really do have to participate and, um, and we're going to have to participate with people who don't agree with us on every single issue. It's not, if it's a religion, it's, uh, it's, it, it doesn't really work either. We need a mass effort at reform uh, on all kinds of things, uh, which will allow at least the people to be in charge. Because I'm not worried about winning on every single little issue, because uh, I know I won't. But I am worried about who decides. And if the American people decide if there's a fair process that we can participate in, I'm convinced we have a shot. And if there's not, we obviously don't have a shot. And I think that's the, that is the anger behind people who supported Donald Trump right now, is that it's, we just can't fight the power. And if you think about it, that's the anger of a lot of people in the Black Lives Matter, is we just can't fight the power. No matter what we do, there's, there's uh, too many things going on. And there's too much power against us. And, uh, and you know what? We can fight the power. We, we damn well better. And, uh, and we ought to look to do it together as much as we can. Years ago, this is my last comment, then I'll shut the heck up. Years ago, Ralph Nader did a book. I think it was called Unstoppable. But he called for a coalition of libertarians and free market conservatives and progressives to work on all kinds of issues, Um, transparency issues and criminal justice reform issues. And, you know, we, we need to be open to doing the right thing in our communities. And it's almost like almost any step we could take. To vote on a very simple measure in your town that would just repair a little bit. It's not going to solve, we're not going to, you know, one initiative and we've solved the whole world. But any little step like that, it brings people together. It 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 is the start of doing something about it. And if we're not going to do anything about it, then then why why talk and and uh, listen?
0: Well, that's a weird way to end a piece.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that was bad. All right, cut. <laughs> I think it's a Monty Python ending. A, a a a rabbit, a killer rabbit, will come attack me now. Can you
0: could you do that? Maybe CGI. Yeah, I have to, I have to hire that out. I think that that somebody else has to do that. Um, by the way, I think that uh, Trump did show us something really important. He showed us that the swamp and the deep state, or what I'm now calling the deep blue state. Uh, is much more powerful and complicated than he thought. He thought that business sense, and I have lots of friends who supported him, because a businessman could just take control and get things done. We know that's not possible. Because yes, a businessman could do it if it were that simple. Yes. But I think that actually it's too complicated a system. You have to have somebody who knows a lot, You have to lots of people who know a lot, and that's why we have to know things, and that's why we have to be doing what we do.
1: Yes. Yes. No, that that's a good point. The the people who say I want to run government like a business. Well, do you run your business by holding elections to decide how you're going to do the next thing you do? I don't think so. Oh. Let's let's uh let's uh (laughs) I I have nothing left except for COVID. But anyway, I'm gonna survive and uh and next week we'll be talking about more common sense, and unfortunately, I'm sure we'll be talking about the uh, the lack thereof as well. Okay, see ya. Thanks, man.
0: Bye.